Hey folks, welcome to episode 108 of the FLW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky, with snow. I'm Jody White. I'm joined by, from Hopkins, Minnesota, I assume with snow, Kyle Wood. Kyle, how's it going? Heck yeah. It's good. Yeah, we also have snow. I mean, it is January in Minnesota, so that's to be expected. But your guys' uh, the fact you guys have snow is a little crazy to me. Yeah, well, we had, a, uh, we had an hour delay today of work so i came in at nine which is pretty sweet because i made like a nice big breakfast and just sort of chilled out for a little bit because i got up at my regular time because i didn't know i was going to have a delay at work (laughs) so that was pretty clutch um and i guess we get to go home early today too apparently there's some more stuff on the way i think thursday is supposed to be like really icy and nasty apparently so kind of some fun weather we got going on here sweet all right well I tell you what, let me get into the outline, and then we will banter about uh, maybe weather, maybe some other things. Um, yeah, throw it to us. Uh, so first up, we'll do the outline, then we'll do some banter. Then I've got a interview with Jason Lambert, winner of the first Costa FLW Series event at Okeechobee. Uh, recorded that yesterday. It was a good deal. You'll, I think, enjoy the listen. Um, then we'll get into our topics and news of the week. Uh, we'll talk costa we'll talk okeechobee we've got a uh, costa clash slash challenge slash rumble slash maybe some other idea we had i forget which um so we'll get into that we'll wrap up the uh, college fishing event on lake somerville we'll do some fantasy fishing talk um talk a little bit about postponed bfl preview of bfl and then we'll be out of here maybe we'll even think of some more things to talk about you never know. It's getting into that time of year where tournament season started. We've got stuff to talk about again. You know, there's things going on, which is really nice. It's exciting. Yeah, we're not going to, not that it's a bad thing, but we're probably not going to build in 25-minute long discussions about how to catch smallmouth for no no reason other than we wanted something to talk about. Which, <laughs> that might be a bad thing, to be honest, because I like talking about smallmouth. I do, too. All right, so let's not get in too much to the tactics that you saw down in Florida, but how was okay. how was Florida your first uh, Costa FLW Series event? What was what, what went down for you? Because you were down there, you were covering it, you, uh, you got the scoop. Yeah, I mean, uh, other than the fact the weather, you know, was, uh, let's say, less than favorable, um, I guess I still can't complain because... You know, it was zero when I boarded the plane to fly down to Florida. And it was, you know, like a, a cool 61 degrees when I got there. So, I mean, that's not not too bad of a deal. And the tournament was great. There were a lot of guys excited. It was, it was cool to see, um, you know, a lot of the guys that fish the series um, year in and year out. And a lot of guys that also, you know, are fishing the tour this year that were there to kind of catch up and see those guys at registration. It... Uh, you know, that whole uh, you know, that feeling of tournament season kind of came back. The excitement was in the air. Um, it was cool to have, uh, you know, Costa there and, and PowerPole and, you know, talk with some of those people. There a lot of good buzz about the series. So um, overall, it was pretty pretty cool. 
just the weather and fishing, you know, wasn't the best. All right. All right. I, uh, I'm glad you still enjoyed it. I don't really have any sympathy for the for you on the weather side of things. Um, yeah, no. But, you know. I wasn't complaining terribly, other than the rain one day. Like, you know how bad it is to be sitting on the water with a camera trying to take photos in, like, torrential downpours. I will that, say. That makes it yeah. slightly less fun. Because here's the thing. You already would rather be fishing than taking photos. But if right. you are taking photos, that's not bad. But when it's raining and you can't take any good photos and you're getting soaked, <laughs> then it kind of is terrible. I know. And then you add thinking, in that, I like, I only fishing. saw two people catch one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I definitely feel you on that one. Um, do you have anything else going on? I mean, now you're back in Florida or you're back in Minnesota. Are you going to get on the ice? Are you? Do you have more things to shoot? What's the word? Well, you know, surprisingly, uh, I think I actually – I'm going to be able to make it out on the ice this weekend, go chase some fish. Uh, I got, we got a pretty big group of guys heading up north uh, to the cabin. And uh, I think we're going to go throw some flags out, some tip-ups out for uh, maybe some big gators, some big northern pike, uh, probably try to catch a walleye, and maybe a crappie. I don't know. I'm just going to get out there, drill a ton of holes, and hopefully catch my first fish of 2016. Now, you guys in Minnesota, you're only allowed like, two lines right correct that's so weird to me how many can you have in vermont vermont i believe you can have five per man on inland and like 11 per man on champlain dang yeah i mean you can put you get three (laughs) or four guys out there you can put out a spread let me tell you Um, wow so i don't know it's i guess I like the, I'm so bad at ice fishing, having that extra help is a big deal for me. <laughs> um, have you caught, like, really big pike through the ice before, or not so much? Um, yeah, yeah, that's actually, like, the the only time that I really uh, target big pike. Usually, um, myself and a few buddies, um, in years past, we do, like, a late March trip up to Lake of the Woods when the your, your late ice, it's normally, like, 50, 60 degrees during the day, but you still got you know, three feet of ice. Uh, so it's really nice to be out there. The pike are coming in shallow to get ready to start spawning and you could catch some absolute donkeys. I mean, like, you know, 40 plus inches and they're weighing in, you know, 20, 25 pounds, some a little bigger. So I definitely, I've gotten after my fair share of large gators through the ice. Nice. Well, the best thing about that to me was when you said it was 50 degrees and that sounds like pretty fun ice fishing in my yeah when you could be out there in like a t-shirt and you know with plenty of safe ice and and the fish are biting really good it doesn't get much better good deal um all right well that sounds like you've got a pretty good pretty good plan and i hope to see uh hope to see some pictures of huge i I hope to post some yeah all right i'm gonna give it my best cool well, I didn't really do anything super interesting. I didn't fish. I've been working on tackle. My 2016 organization plan has mostly been going pretty well, I would say. <laughs> um, sister came into town. We cooked some, went on a hike, and that was about it. It was kind of cold and kind of eh. Is yeah. that the sister that thinks I'm really boring 
in Circuit Breaker? That's the one. Or she or she doesn't like me? Okay. <laughs> she doesn't necessarily not like you. She just says you're the most boring slash worst part of Circuit Breaker. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, I, I guess I don't totally blame her there. I mean, <laughs> you're not the... The best part of Circuit Breaker is watching Mark Daniels Jr. crush bass. True that. So it's kind of a... You know, it's a high bar to meet. I don't, let me put it this way. I don't think she was like, man, that guy, fascinating insight. Love watching him. It, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't quite that. Um, but you know, you get what you get. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever. All right. Well, let's go Any ahead. Any criticism, good criticism. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's go ahead. Let's throw it to Lambert. Uh, we'll talk, uh, talk a little Florida and then we'll come right back. Let's do it. And now we're joined by, Jason Lambert, winner of the first Costa FLW Series event of the year. Uh, well, really the first Costa FLW Series event, now that we've got the new title sponsor. Down at Okeechobee, uh, Lambert picked up first place with 44 pounds, 12 ounces, which is not really an exceptional Okeechobee weight, but it got the job done. Jason, how are you doing? Man, Joey, I'm doing good. It's uh you know, a little bit tired after a couple long driving trips down there and back, but uh, you know it's a pretty good, pretty good trip to ride back with uh, with that check and, and your wallet coming home. So yeah, it's uh, all all is well right now in this world. Yeah, I saw the picture. You had the trophy in the seat with in the seat next to you. I assume you strapped it in. That's a pretty good co-pilot to have coming back north. Yeah, it's it's always good to uh, it's always good to leave an event with uh, with more than you got there with. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm ecstatic about it, man. And like I said, I mean the weights weren't great. I think that's one thing that maybe maybe played into to our to my to my benefit, I suppose. Is uh, you know, it's hard to go down there and beat those local guys when uh, when those those lakes are doing what they used to do, and it's taking 100 plus pounds to win four days and stuff like that. So. It just all worked out last week, and it's uh, it's it's a good deal. So, what was what was your tournament prep like? I mean, I know the last several years you've had to go down to Florida to fish a tour event, and you've gone down, I assume, a little bit in front and sort of learned your way around and that sort of thing. Did you go down for an extended period of time before this one, or did you just kind of you know shove off, get down there, you know, three or four days ahead of the event and start practice? I actually drove down on um, that Friday prior to, so I had actually five days on the water. Um, typically for a tour event, well, I don't get but three days of practice. But I you know, went down for a couple of extra days, and you know, talk to Chubby, we're all pretty familiar with. We fished it, you know, numerous times in the past through the the old Rayback days and and tour events and several other things. So you know, it's a lake you're comfortable going back to. Been there. I mean, you already understand how to run it. And, and all that kind of stuff. But the thing about Okeechobee is it changes so much from year to year. And it's you know, the way point you had there from two years ago when the tour was there in 2014 to now. I mean, you can't even get to some of those places just because the grass lines and the reeds and all change so much. So it's always good to, to get there early and spend as much time as you possibly can just because it changes so much with the layout of the grass and you know, it, it just from year to year, depending on the winters and summers and how the grass grows, it, it turns into a completely different fishery. All right. Well, as far as the actual tournament goes, how did did you know you were on winning type fish in practice, or was it kind of well, this is what I'm going to go do, and then it happened that 
it was enough to win. And then for people who don't already know, how do you go about catching them? Well, in, in practice, I honestly didn't think I was on winning top fish. But again, I mean, the weights weren't exactly what Okeechobee typically is either. So, you know, I'm more of a power fish. I mean, I like to flip and I like to punch, and we do a lot of that here. But down there, I just wasn't getting nearly enough bites doing it. And the bites I would get that I was getting flipping and punching weren't the quality that I felt like I needed. So I'm more comfortable just, just picking up a moving bait and going fishing and covering water. And, and I was not catching big weights. I mean, the heaviest weight I had in practice any day was probably – you know, 15, 16 pounds, but I was getting a lot of numbers. I was catching, you know, some days 20, 30, 40 fish a day. So the thing about Okeechobee too, though, is, is it's, it's got them. It's got big ones. And if you're catching enough numbers of fish, just like you're going to catch a couple of ones, you know, maybe not the great, great big ones on the, on the moving baits, but you know, the four to six, seven pound class fish, and you can fish a few of moving baits and, the middle is just an hours game, and uh, and I was just trying to catch as many fish as I possibly could, and and I knew that what I was I felt like what I was doing was good enough, you know, get a top twenty, top ten, maybe possibly, but getting a good start to the season and just some going, but no idea if the weights are going to you know fall as much as they did, and it just worked out. I said I didn't catch a, a huge bag any day. But, just pretty consistent and did, you know, a couple of days to have a six-pound class fish, and that was the difference. I mean, I'm out of the difference in the world. For sure. Now, your primary your primary bait was, I guess, a chatterbait, vibrating jig. Um, what, uh, how were you fishing it? Were you, were you, you know, really bringing it through the grass and letting it deflect off, or were you just kind of maybe bringing it up over the top? What was your, what was your strategy around that? Well, actually, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I had one particular primary bait. I probably weighed, probably weighed as many or more fish off of just a swim jig, that VMM pace like this swim jig, than than anything hitting a spinnerbait. But you know, the the whole deal with the the grass fishing down there is just like fishing Tennessee River. I mean, you just whatever you're coming through that grass with, you just want it to stay in contact. And, you know, fish live in there and just keep it in contact and. I mean, I was bringing it through pretty good. I wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't soaking very long. We were, you know, I was moving the bait. And, you know, the swim jig was, when the water was slick, when it would, you get to areas where you didn't have the, the wind on it, the swim jig was, was the key. And it seemed like if you got into the wind, the bait was the biggest key. But, you know, the, the vibrating jig is more more or less just a water, you know, just something to cover a whole lot of water with. You can fish it faster than than a spinnerbait or a swim jig. So it, it was more of a, I guess, a location type bait than than what I actually weighed my key fish on. A couple two of the key fish I weighed the first two days on a spinnerbait, and then of course the last day when the wind slicked off, that that big one I weighed the last day came on the swim jig. But the the vibrating is more of just a more of a water cover, I guess, just to just to to cover, make as many casts as you can make and go as far as you can. And, and after me, I mean, just putting the troll motor down. And, I mean, literally, I would put the troll motor down at times and not take it up for two, three, four hours. So, just make as many possible casts as you could in a day, and, and eventually you're going to run into a couple of them somewhere. All right. So 
day two, you caught like the eighth biggest bag. You had, you know, just, you had a touch over 15 pounds, like right about 15 and a half. And, you know, you were, you basically, you kept yourself, you kept steady, which a lot of, a lot of people failed to do. Um, what, what was it like out there fishing in those conditions? Because for people who don't know, I mean, there were apparently like water spouts on the lake. It was ridiculously windy. It was pouring basically the whole time, as far as I can tell. I mean, it seemed like about as grueling conditions as you're going to get in Florida. The That day was a, it was definitely a, a mental fortitude day. It was, it was raining literally straight down from the time we, uh, started that morning until probably two two thirty that afternoon, and and it, when I say raining, I'm not talking about just a heavy mist type shower that you get. I'm I mean it rained like probably six inches that day. But yeah, the storm that came through. You know, after lunch was uh was nasty. I mean it. I actually took off the water to uh to just a reline and pull up in the reeds and, and just kind of took down to hide from it for a while, but. It blew 50, 60 miles an hour in some gusts. And, I mean, there was, you know, very, I was fishing in, uh, you know, the North Shore up in the very top area up through there. It was blowing so hard that those, these are pretty tight areas compared to how big El Chelby is. And there was six footers coming out of, out of the sheet down at Harney Pond. So it was, uh, it was nasty. But, um, it's, you know, actually, the fish I caught that day, I, I caught basically everything. Well, I caught everything that I weighed in before the storm. And uh, that storm actually pretty much put an end to my primary area. And only caught one more fish out of that area after that happened. But it was uh, it was one of those things that makes you question your uh, your your choice of uh, profession sometimes when you get into those. But yeah, there was a couple of guys actually got uh, tossed out of some boats and uh, some boats that got picked up and spun around a little bit. So yeah, it was a uh, it was not your more pleasant day of, uh, of fishing. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I mean, usually you expect pretty nice weather down in Florida, and I know I was really bummed to not be missing that to be missing that. But at the same time, if I, if there was ever a tournament for me not to go cover in Florida, that was the one. I feel like because <laughs> I. I mean, it it just looked it looked terrible, but I mean, it paid off with sixty grand in a boat for you, so that's uh, that's not a bad payoff for enduring some terrible weather. No, it's not. That's one thing amazing to me. I mean, FLW has done such a good job with this coastal series now, and and the, the you know the payout schedule has been changed, and you know I just can't say enough about the contingencies, you know, Ranger Cup and Mercury and, and all the guys that sponsor, you know, Costa, Power Pole, TH Marine, you know, you take those contingencies and this event, the way it paid, I mean, what, it's $106,000, a week for a $1,600 entry fee. I mean, you cannot do that anywhere else in the fishing world. It, it just doesn't exist. But, you know, it's, a, it's not a not a bad week at all. And, and it's a... It's a it's always good to have a win, but it's really good to have a win at the beginning of the year. Just you know, it gets well, the season, it gets uh, it gets finances taken care of for the season, and it's just uh, yeah, it's a good week. It's a good feeling for sure. Now, I don't, I guess prior to this tournament, I would not, and I think most people wouldn't think of Jason Lambert as being the a Florida stick. You know, we would know that you're if you're not going to win the. Uh, tournament at 
you know, Pickwick and Kentucky Lake, you're at least going to be pretty much in the top 10. Does this give you, uh, does it make you feel better about going forward and headed down there? I mean, for the tour event, you've had like pretty consistent, but not spectacular results in the past. So what's your, what's your read on the upcoming tour event? Well, I mean, again, it just depends. A lot of it depends on weather. And like I said, going into this event, I, I didn't really think that I was on the, the quality of fish to, to win the event. But, you know, I've, I've, I think maybe hopefully that I've kind of figured out something down there, you know, in some areas where that I consistently can, can go cash a good check. And, and basically, you know, if we can go down there and have a good finish and get the points we need and come comes into you know i guess the more strong part of the season for us at kentucky then you know it's a good finish you know if i go back down there next week and have a top 30 or 20 or something i'll I'll be happy i mean that'll be a good start to the year but you know it's the one thing about most of the tennessee river guys i mean a lot of us what people don't really understand is we fish a lot of grass we have a lot of hydrilla millful up and down Tennessee River, Kentucky Lake, at Pickwick, and of course Gunnersville. But I mean, you know, several of us guys that are, you know, the ledge guys that are that are known as the ledge guys, and and hey, I appreciate that title. I mean, I I, I love fishing offshore, but you know, we grew up fishing a lot of grass and stuff too. And it's just like Potomac last year. I mean, that I love fishing that stuff. I love throwing a moving bait. I love flipping. I love punching. I just love in that grass and, and junking it up sometimes. But, you know, going back here in a couple of weeks, I mean, of course, naturally, after a, after a win somewhere, you feel pretty good about going back. So, you know, can I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I can go back and win again because I have no, you know, no clue whatsoever what's going to happen in weeks. But, yeah, I'm looking pretty forward to getting back down there, though. All right. I like it. What are – what are your goals for the season? I mean, you've got the Forestwood Cup coming up on Wheeler. You've got two. Uh, you got two tour events. You know, on the Tennessee River is. Is this a Jason Lambert contends for the AOY year? Are you thinking? You know what? This is my year to get a tour level win. Do you have any? Do you have anything in particular you're looking to accomplish? Well, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I, I don't know. And I guess it's the old cliche you hear all these players say on a, on their post game interviews and stuff, and and that's great, but it's really true. I mean, it's just one you got to take one tournament at a time. I mean, you know, we don't fish the Tennessee River for three more months and you know four more months or whatever it is. So, you know, we've got. Of course, I'm gonna fish the entire Custer Division in the Southeast as well. So, you know, I've got a couple of South Carolina tournaments, another Florida tournament, and, and Beaver and. You know, there's a lot of things that have to go right before we get to the picnic and start worrying about it. But, I mean, yeah, naturally every year you go in, the main goal going into the season is just to make the cup. I mean, if you make the cup and get there, then it's been a pretty successful season. But, you know, depending on how a couple of weeks from now goes with the tour at Open Shoulders and, you know, with uh, the remaining schedule, then, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we could compete for the AOI for the, for the year, but, you know, right now I'm just more interested in being in that top 35 and getting the wheeler because you know, that is a term that, you know, that's a term that I should be one of the favorites too. I mean, just based on where it's at, it's 60 miles from my house and fish it all the time. So you know, the main thing is just getting getting that business handled and getting there for August and, and seeing how, you know, I'll take my odds when we get there, but we just got to get there first. 
Sounds like a plan. So as far as, you know, your off season is gone, you've obviously started the season off great, but what what happened since, you know, the, the last time you picked up a fishing rod in competition? I know you've been filming a TV show this year, right? Yeah, we've um, actually, you know, starting right around ICAST time last summer, we started filming uh, the Bass Doctor show, which airs on the Fox networks. And, um, you know, we've traveled a lot and done a lot with that this this past summer. Um, of course, shows just started airing uh, January 2nd, and I think we've had two or three episodes that aired so far. I've been gone for, for a few days, so I haven't even actually got to catch up and, and watch those shows yet. But, yeah, we've been a couple shows in Florida. J.K. Kenny and I filmed together down there. Um, you know, got the chance this year because of the show to, to get in a boat with a couple of Bassmaster Classic winners. Uh, Boyd Duckett and I filmed at Gunnersville for a couple of days, and Cliff Pace and I filmed for VM down on uh, a lake in Texas. So, got to spend a lot of time with, uh, with the camera and uh, some good friends fishing and making a little television. But yeah, it's it's been a uh, it's been interesting, and sometimes I'm not so sure that filming TV shows it. And, as stressful or more stressful than tournament fishing. It's, uh, you've only got so much time. You got, uh, you know, television guys hired to come in to film and, uh, you don't have a TV show without fish catching. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been challenging. Um, actually, as soon as we get home from the tour, um, as soon as that's over and I'm back home, I'm actually flying out to California on February the 10th and, uh, Mr. Cody Meyer and I are going to go up to Bullard's Bar and, and put a show together, hopefully, like the 11th and 12th of February. And, you know, we we get to catch a lot of big largemouth on the Tennessee River and some, some big smallies as well. Just, just the whole uh, prospect of going to California and catching a 8, 9, 10-pound spotted bass with Cody is a pretty exciting deal for me as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, eight, nine, ten pound spotted bass is selling yourself short, man. You want to go shoot for the world record. That's what that's what swims out there, right? Yeah, there's um that lake in the last oh, I don't know, I'll say the last probably uh two months has had two eleven pounders caught out of it. So yeah, it's uh it's crazy. It's a different it's a different uh, story than what we're used to. I mean the largest spotted bass I've ever caught in my life was on a little reservoir here south of me about 30, 40 miles called Bay Springs, and we've caught, you know, some right at six pound class fish. I caught like a 578, which was a giant spot for this part of the world. But you yeah, go out there to have an opportunity to catch a double digit spot is, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So, uh, the television show has offered me a, a lot of opportunity that, that I wouldn't have probably ever gotten. And, you know, I guess the, the precursor, or not necessarily the precursor, but the, the other benefit to that is, of course, I got Lucky Tackle Box as my title sponsor for this this 2016 season. So, after I filmed Cody for two days on Boards Bar, I'm going to go down to Clear Lake with the guys from Lucky Tackle Box and and do some filming for a couple of days on Clear. So, that's two of uh, you know the world's premier bass fisheries that we get to fish for four days after the tour at Okeechobee. So, it's not a bad time for not a bad time to be me right now. Yeah, that's for sure. So. With Lucky Tackle Box, that's one of those subscription type deals, right? Yeah, Lucky Tackle Box is a it's a monthly subscription, and of course they offer so different packages, you know, three month, six month, twelve month, and it's it's a cool idea. I mean, it gives a you know, it gives everyday angler an opportunity to 
to see and experience a lot of tackle and baits and things that that they probably wouldn't have ever seen. I mean, LTB's done a really good job of partnering with a lot of companies throughout the industry. You know, just like VM for me, who's a good sponsor of mine. They've sponsored with those, you know, they've partnered with those guys and Castake and, you know, all of the bait manufacturers, not just not just the guys that sponsor me, but there's several, you know, bait manufacturers that have gotten together with them and, you know, and the box is, is season specific. So, you know, you're not going to get a box in July with a, you know, a bunch of jerk baits and that type of thing in it. It's, it's going to be a, going to be a, a box that has tackle in it that is specific to the time of the year that you're receiving it and also uh, guys do a real good job they put together basically an instructional video and for a lot of guys that maybe necessarily don't know how to fish a, a dirt bait and there's there's a little instructional video there and you know this is the kind of tackle and line and retrieve i mean it, it's just a it's it's a really good little idea for a lot of folks that that maybe aren't necessarily as exposed to you know the things that we get to see every day as professional anglers i mean of course you guys know we we see every bait in the world that comes out and a lot of a lot of guys just don't have the opportunity to experience a lot of that stuff and it's uh it's just a cool little cool little idea cool little you know a way to get their hands on some stuff that they probably wouldn't ever actually use all right well i like it it definitely I, I definitely it's also i see it as being a really good gift for someone who you know they like fishing but you don't know exactly what to get them other and if you're going to do that instead of a gift card i think that's a you know a pretty legit thing especially if you know if they're maybe you know if, if they're a pro angler maybe not because they probably already have it but if they're you know an average person i think it's i think that's a pretty good gift idea as well Oh. Well, it's, and it's great. I mean, it's great for you know, like you say, weekend guys and you know people that like, don't fish to the level that a lot of us do. But you know, also for you know for kids and you know the younger generation trying to get into fishing, it's a, it's a great gift idea. And and the other thing about it is, I mean, you take the cost of what the box is and don't get into all that because I'm not exactly sure what the actual numbers are based on subscription times and what have you. But if you went out and bought a lot of these baits that, that you know, anywhere from four to twelve to fifteen dollars a piece sometimes now for, for baits and stuff, but for what the actual cost of the box is versus what you're actually getting in it as far as equipment, then it's uh it's it's not a bad it's not a bad price either. And the one thing that, that they've done really well at is, you know, some of these other companies try to do the same thing. It almost seemed like a lot of a lot of these other boxes that that first started this thing back in the day was just a way for bait manufacturers to get rid of stuff that they weren't selling. And that's one thing that that Lucky Tackle Box has done a really good job at is not just using it as a way to clear out people's inventory. It's actually got good usable product in there, and it's a it's just a good way for people to experience you know new tackle and new baits that they probably never would have before. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'm pretty much, I feel like I've run through most of what I wanted to know. I mean, I feel like I've got the scoop is pretty well in Okeechobee. Uh, it sounds like you've got a whole lot going on with the with the TV show, and that's awesome. And I'm super jealous that you're going to get to go do your California swing, because that, like <laughs> that sounds like an awful lot of fun. Uh, well, it's, 
like I said, it's not something that I probably would have ever gotten to do without the without the television show. But the opportunity to, like I said, to go catch a double digit spotted bass with maybe the one of the premier, if not the best, California West Coast premier fisherman, finesse fisherman in the world, Cody Meyer. So Cody is a he's not just an awesome fisherman; he's an awesome guy, and I'm I'm looking really forward to it. But Clear Lake's no slouch either. I mean, it, it's got it's got great great big ones in it too. So it uh it could be a it could be a fun fun four five days of fishing out there. That that's for sure. And you know, if it let you, you ought to try and work your way into fish Cody Myers. Like I don't know that it's his lake, but it's a lake like right near his development where he lives, and that place is pretty incredible too. Um, yeah, it's, it's got a huge largemouth in it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, Matt Pace and I went down, and after clear after the Clear Lake uh, Rayback last year, we went down and filmed with him there, and it's uh, it's it's intense. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, yeah, those uh, those West Coast, it's it's phenomenal what they've done with that Florida strand out there, and and you know all those trout and the things that the California fishing game has put in those lakes and and grown those fish. I mean, it's it's amazing that that. Whoever thought that they'd be catching twenty plus pound largemouth out there, you know, I ain't not gonna say on a consistent basis, but you know, there's been several of them caught in the last ten, twelve years out there, twenty plus, and and now they're catching spots, you know, ten, eleven pounds. It's it's unbelievable, and of course the growing season's a lot longer than we got, as it's twenty something degrees here today, but it's um it's 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 pretty wild. I'm looking real forward to it. I've never been out there and fished before, so. It's going to be an experience that uh, I'm looking real forward to. Awesome. Well, good luck uh, down at the tour, of course, and then good luck out there. Um, before I let you go, where? first off, again, where can people watch your TV show, The Bass Doctor? Where is it on? And then where should people follow you on the Internet? Well, The Bass Doctor airs on the, the local, I mean, depending on the top, you know, the part of the country you're in, um, southeast, Fox Sports Southeast, Fox Sports North, I know a couple other like Fox uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin, I'm not sure exactly all the, the the different areas around the country. The easiest way I can tell you to find it is just BassDoctor.com. All the show times and uh, the airing locations and show times are on there. And if you miss the show live, once it's once it has uh, aired on the network, it's actually posted to YouTube. We have a Bass Doctor has a YouTube channel, but all the television shows get uh, filed away too. So Anytime you want to watch it, you can actually just go to YouTube and find it. But all my social media stuff, uh, Facebook and Instagram, is all pretty simple. It's just Jason Lambert fishing. And do out social, you know, do out Instagram and and uh, Facebook. So try to stay pretty active on there. Check us out. We'll try to keep some pictures posted, and hopefully we hopefully we can have a couple more conversations with you guys before the year's over. Well, sounds like a plan, and man, uh, I guess good luck, and I'll see you in I'll see you in a couple of weeks here down in Okeechobee again. Jody, I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it, and call y'all guys. I guess in about ten days or so. So, Kyle, I guess I want to I want to ask you first of all. You know, we just heard from Lambert about how he caught his fish and all that jazz. Is there anything mm-hmm. like you noted? Because you were on him on the final day. Am I right? Yes. Yep. Is there anything you saw um, that was, I guess, either particularly interesting to you 
or that you learned or thought was like, huh, I didn't expect that just from watching him fish? Um, You know, not really. It, and he even kind of told me, uh, you know, throughout the tournament that he, he wasn't really doing anything too crazy. I mean, it wasn't like uh, a retrieve style kind of thing. Uh, it was just a matter of having these certain little spots where, you know, the, the hydrilla was the right height and there was a, the right amount of water uh, depth-wise to it that these fish were staging, you know, to pull up and spawn. And really, I think it was uh, the, the kind of one interesting thing, I guess, is that, you know, there's a bajillion bass in Okeechobee, right? So basically at any time when you're fishing around, you're probably thinking, well, there's got to be like a thousand fish you know, within 10 feet of my boat, you know, like how am I not getting bit? So the crazy thing through the event was that all the local guys and the guys that were flipping, you know, were, were around spawning areas and were around fish that were also, you know, staging to get ready to do their thing. Yet they weren't catching the numbers that, um, Lambert was. And Lambert was, you know, really playing the odds in that if he ran his spinner bait or his, his chatterbait or, um, you know, whatever I, he caught a few on a topwater too. But if he, you know, if he ran that by enough fish, sooner or later you're going to get bit. You know, that's just how it goes. But he was he was pretty dialed in on those areas he had, which was kind of cool. It sort of reminded me of when Brett Height won the Okeechobee Tour event a couple of years ago. How he was pretty dialed in on specific spots in the grass and like knew what cast to make. And didn't waste a lot of other time fishing stuff that, you know, to me as observing it, all looked pretty much the same. You know, from the surface, it was just like, oh, I don't know why he picked up and left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was so dialed in on those areas that um, he knew once he fished through that, you know, 75-yard stretch, he could pick up, move a couple hundred yards to the next little, you know, hydrilla line um, where he knew there was fish holding, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely... Being able to pick apart just that vastness of grass and find, like, the little sweet spots, it seems like that's pretty much key to any tournament win there. Like, there aren't yes, not yes. a whole lot of guys win there by just strictly covering water. They may have covered water in practice, but they're mm-hmm. usually, come tournament time, usually they end up focusing in on certain areas or stretches or things like that. Yeah, Which, yeah, they got it pretty dialed in by then. Yeah. I wonder... I'm really curious to see if his stuff holds up, if it gets better, worse. I mean, it's he's got, what, I guess, about three weeks, two weeks. No. I guess about two, three weeks or so between yeah. the tournament and when the tour event is going to be. And, you know, the fish, presumably there will still be fish moving in and coming in come tour time. You know, it's not, yes. I don't think especially with the weather they're getting down there now, it doesn't seem like the switch is going to flip so fast that there'll be, you know, 90% of the fish in deciding to spawn. Um, You know, so there should, in theory, still be fish there, but Okeechobee changes, and, you know, I wonder if he got it at the right time, but maybe come tournament time he's going to have to find all new stuff, or if he'll be able to go out there, and who knows, maybe then it'll be right and he'll catch a height-style bag. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely, I mean, the possibilities there. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens. 
because like the area he was fishing and Glenn Brown, I mean, they, um, especially on the final day, they were within, you know, two casts of each other. And, but they were doing, they were two completely different programs and there's so many good spawning areas around where Lambert was fishing that, you know, even if those, those grass lines he found, you know, maybe they get more chopped up from boats running through there over the course of the next couple of weeks or, uh, whatever, maybe the fish are in further out further. I think it'll be interesting to see if he can just expand on that same thing and still put that area or what he learned from the coast series to good use come for time. Cause there are some, I mean, there's some, there's some hogs around there and we saw some local boats, um, you know, like guide boats on the final day, uh, shiner fishing that were catching some, you know, decent size, you know, five, six pounders, which Lambert on one on final day. And just to know there was more of them swimming around in there, I could tell was eating them up. And he sounded pretty eager after he won to get back down there and, uh, you know, uncover the little intricacy of that particular area a little more. Sounds good. You want to get into the uh, our Costa Challenge, Clash, Rumble, etc.? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Uh, first of all, we've got some name ideas, or well, maybe name name input. Uh, Jeremiah Hit says that Costa Clash is absolutely the way to go, like hundred percent. Also, yeah, he sold on it. Also, you got to watch out for prop baits this weekend on Okeechobee. Um, so we got that. Side note: I was looking through some of the Ion footage the other day with Jesse. Glenn Brown did catch a couple on a prop bait, so you got, yeah, he uh, did. You got that. Um, then, let's see, Jared Moeller says, Costa Crackdown has a good ring to it. Ooh. Totally different name. Off the board, potential contender. Kyle, I kind of feel like it's up to you to pick. I'll go either way. Oh. If you, I mean, I, Costa Clash, Crackdown, Challenge, if you like it, I say we roll with it. I kind of like Costa Clash, to be honest. All right. Because it's, it's kind of got that, you know, that head-to-head vibe. Like Rumble, you know, is kind of like, yeah, it's a showdown kind of thing. And I feel like Costa Clash has a good, nice, short, sweet, to-the-point kind of feel. So, I agree. I like it. I'll change Let it the be name. known. I'll change the name of my document. Costa Clash it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Kyle... Preemptively, I would like to congratulate you on winning the first Costa Clash of the year. Uh, you got all, you got the season started off at the same uh, same way you finished off last year. Um, well, I appreciate it. It wasn't pretty, I'd say, on on either end, but no, you know, a win's was, a win. This is one of the worst scoring tournaments we've had, I would say. Oh man, so uh, brutal. So you took Scott Martin, who finished 18th, Brandon Medlock, who finished 50th, and Brian Thrift, who finished 102nd. For a average I mean, of fifty six point six. Come on, Thrift. I took Jared McMillan, who finished thirty fourth. Ish Monroe, who finished fortieth. And already, right there, it's some solid consistency. Like depending on Heck what yeah. my last guy does, it could be good. <laughs> um, and then Randy Haynes, who finished two hundred and fifteenth. Uh, Come on, Haynes. And I ended up with ninety six point three, which is actually a new worst. Uh, a new worst low. It's well, it's at least worse than we did any of us did last year. Hey, congratulations! 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud. <laughs> I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I will say it shouldn't have been that low because Haynes didn't weigh his fish on day two. He, I talked to him for a different art for another art for an article. He said he had like nine pounds and just pitched him over because, quote, he was so bad he could bite a nail in two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like great Randy Haynesism. And oh, totally. Also, I mean, hearing him talk, you, you had to be, you had to listen. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my average could have been up, but I still don't think I was going to beat you because, you know, Haynes, even if he had weighed him, probably wouldn't have been anywhere. He probably wouldn't have been higher than Thrift was, I wouldn't think. He would have been right around that neighborhood, probably. Yeah, probably. So there you have it. Good work, man. Thank you. Thank you. And we don't really have anything else coming up for. Uh, well, a little bit on the Costa side of things. So, Yeah, there's a little lull for now. Got a little break, uh, which would be good for me to get my confidence back and do some research <laughs> on this upcoming situation here. Yeah, we can regroup. Yeah. Um, I guess let's go ahead. We'll finish off with sort of old news before we dive into uh, things that have recently happened or are coming up. Um, there was a uh, college fishing event on Somerville last weekend. That's in Texas. LSU Shreveport picked up the win. Um, it they uh, the teams are Christian Brown and Jared Rasco, uh, and they caught like eighteen pounds seven ounces. Had a really good tournament. I mean, it looked like the lake fished really well overall. I mean, it pretty mm-hmm. much to make it into the top ten and qualify for the national championship, it took uh, at least thirteen pounds, which. When you consider it's one day of fishing, is pretty good, I would say. Not Especially, bad. I I don't know how the weather was really, but I don't feel like the weather of late has been super cooperative for fishing. So <laughs> I'm no. very willing to cut them a little slack there. Uh, but yeah, they said that they caught them uh, basically on a VNM chopstick, which is pretty much a senko, um, and they were just fishing it in front of reeds. You know, they had some fish that were pre-spawned and pulled up in front of it. And I saw a couple pictures of the fish, and they were catching some dandies. So, well done to them. Props, gentlemen. All right. Kyle, we'll talk about this a little later in the show, but I'm out next week. So, we got to do fantasy fishing this week. Or at least you and I have to do fantasy fishing this week. Um, Fantasyfishing.com is a place to sign up. It's ready to go, ready to start picking guys for the first tour event of the year at Okeechobee. Um, I, I don't really necessarily want to run down our, well, we might as well run down our whole teams because we're only a small section of the pundits out there. Shall I? I'll run mine down. You can uh, make any points about them you want to, and then we'll do yours. Sound like a plan? Yeah, lead us off. All right, so I... uh. I went ahead, I've got, I filled out my $200 cap, so I spent all my money. I took Glenn Brown at 28, Tim Frederick at 10, Randy Haynes at 29, Joe Holland at 5, best buy of the tournament, Jay Kendrick at 7, Scott Martin for 37, Brandon McMillan for the same price, Braxton Setzer for 5, Gerald Spore for 6, and Brian Thrift for 36. Um, what do you think, man? I, I gotta say, uh, I 
I think it's pretty pretty strong team. I'm kind of surprised we didn't have as much overlap as I thought we would. Well, um, but yeah. I dig it. We kind of took different strategies because you've got, you know, uh, quite a few mid-priced guys on your team, and I really mm-hmm. took a stars and scrubs strategy on this one. And I'm not sure, sure yeah. why. Like it kind of just developed that way when I was like, well, I gotta have this guy. I gotta have this guy, and then. It just sort of went that way for me. And I could have, like, if I was going to make some changes, there are definitely some middle-tier guys who I like, some of who you own, who I think are good prices, but I just don't have the money mm-hmm. to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess in particular, I think Joe Holland is a really good buy. He's, I mean, he's owned extremely highly. He's, like, 31% owned. It's probably going to go up. He's the third most popular pick behind Scott Martin and Brandon McMillan uh, because he's just way too cheap. It's It was mm-hmm. some kind of oversight. Um, I mean, you figure he had top 10 there last year. He spends a lot of time down there, even though he's a rookie on tour. This is a tournament where he can do well in. Um, Absolutely. So uh, he's a guy who's going to get picked a lot. I think my other picks, my really cheap picks, are kind of shots in the dark. I mean... <laughs> Jay Kendrick, he's got a fair amount of experience. Some of it's on Okeechobee, but it's not like I would consider him an Okeechobee stick. But mm-hmm. I'm hoping for some consistency out of him. I think I think Sporer might be one of the best fishermen this year who's a rookie. Like, just one of the, sort of those... You know how, like, there's... I don't know. I think he's really good. I've got... I'm willing to I'm willing to bet on him for six bucks. I like that. And Setzer likes fishing that kind of stuff. He's a rookie, but he's got a history as a co angler. So I Yeah. Yeah, I, I like uh um Braxton and Gerald. I think those are those are good uh good low dollar picks for sure. All right. Um so who do you got? For my team, I have uh, a certain guy by the name of uh John Cox, who you may have heard of. Uh he's thirty five bucks. I felt good about that pick. He was actually the first guy I threw on my team. Uh, then I got me some Scott Martin at $37. Grew up there, and I think he won the Angler of the Year last year, and he's won some other tournaments before, so I'd say he's probably pretty good at catching a fish. Uh, I got George Capitan, 30 bucks. Uh, I like him a lot. Mark Daniels Jr. for $25. Uh, it seems like most of the time you put MDJ on your team, it usually pays off pretty decently, so I kind of rolled with that theory. And then this is where you were talking about I got in those mid-range picks. Uh, I got me some Scott Wiley. Uh, a number one, he's got a fantastic mustache. Uh, and I feel like when you're going around Okeechobee flipping with a mustache of that caliber, you're destined to catch some hogs. And I, I he's agree. also 14 bucks. So uh, I felt like that's a really good steal. Scott loves fishing uh, grass and, and shallow you know, cover like that. He's actually had some pretty decent finishes. So I'm kind of hoping to get, you know, maybe a top 35 finish out of Wiley. Um, one of my, obviously, one of my tour... I, oh, sorry. Let me stop you. Oh, please go on. One of my tour predictions that we did for one of our articles that got sent to the cutting room floor because it was, quote, too boring um, was that <laughs> Scott Wiley would get his first FLW tour top 10 this year and it would happen to either Okeechobee or Champlain. So. I'm oh, on board the Scott Wiley you, train. It was Kurt, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kurt Kurt said it was not interesting enough. 
Oh yeah, wait till like Beaver Lake and Wiley's tearing up, and you're gonna be like, hey, maybe we run that article again. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't really an article; it was more like a paragraph about why Scott Wiley. I think is pretty good, but that was, you know, I thought it was good, but hey, hey, I, I'm I'm all about all things Scott Wiley. People like those deep dives and mustaches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Sorry. Um, who do I got? I think that's first half of my team. Uh, the back half of my team, I got Joe Holland as well uh, for the exact same reasons you listed. Um, the guy, I think, for $5, it's almost stupid to not put him on your team. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. And then I got uh, I got me some Chris Johnston. He'll be, I guess, technically not a rookie on tour, but he and his brother Corey are fishing. Um, actually, I think either Johnston would probably be a decent pick. I just went with Chris because Corey's been back home in Canada uh, plowing snow. I still don't think and it makes a difference. I think pick either of them and roll with it. Yeah, I just I just went with Chris just because, I don't know, he fished the area, so I'm rolling with it. Yeah. They're going to share information. Um, you know, you, it's 50-50. What you might want to do a good strategy, if you're not having to put your picks on record ahead of time, might be to save room for a Johnston on your team and just take whichever one is – you know, look in the fantasy trends section. Just pick whichever guy is owned by fewer people, and then you're going to be competing uh, uh, against the group when that guy does well. Good call. You know, wait till the night before, good the call. day before the turn, and be like, all right, here's my here's my Johnston. Throw him on the team. <laughs> yeah, take note, people. That's a that's a good theory when you're picking Canadians, hey. Canadian brothers. A. <laughs> hey. um, then I got uh, one of our old buddies uh, for 18 bucks, um, And, I mean, really the guy has proven in a short period of time that he actually is not, you know, too afraid of Florida. It's actually treated him pretty well. Um, you know, he loves to kind of chunk and wine stuff. You know, he, that chatterbait seems to be in his hand most of the time he's down there. Yep. And he catches fish with it. So I think a very good pick for eighteen bucks. That was Shane LeHue, I also right? took, yeah, that was Shane LeHue, eighteen bucks. Uh, then I got me some Braxton Setzer as well. Uh, that one I was kind of on the fence about, but I'm with you. Like he likes fishing that kind of stuff. He's been down there before, you know, as a co-angler. So he at least has seen the lake. He's got experience on the lake. He kind of knows at least how it fishes. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, that could maybe help salvage some decent points for my team. And then, uh, then I got me Kerry Milner at sixteen bucks. He's another another guy that, uh, you know, he's had his ups and downs on tour, but Florida again seems to be one spot that he actually gets along with pretty okay. He likes fishing shallow, um, you know, grass stuff like that. And I the mainly the real reason I picked him is I was kind of hoping to get you know maybe a top fifty finish out of Kerry Milner um, just to salvage some good points kind of thing. For uh, for sixteen, yeah, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a solid bucks. one. Um, mm-hmm. How 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 mad would you be if you had Matt Stefan on your team instead of Shane LeHue? Because they're both eighteen dollars, and to me, I I, I gotta say I kind of like. I'm not sure which buy I like better. I feel like LeHue might have got kind of a little lucky on the big fish side of things. Like he's caught a really big fish. I feel like a lot at Okeechobee and a lot down yeah. in Florida. Yeah, and. I don't know that yeah, that continues. Does that make? Am I crazy thinking that? 
Uh, I, I don't know. No, not really. But um, I guess that on the flip side of that, I thought about it pretty hard, and I'm like, well, you know, some guys in Florida get squirrely and catch like a 10-pounder, you know, once. But to do it fairly consistently, like it to me, it, it's the vibe that like he knows the kind of stuff he's supposed to be around. And he may not be like dialed in enough to catch a 38 pound bag, but he's dialed in enough to catch good quality fish and get a good kicker. So I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of luck, but at the same time, uh, I'm going to keep riding that LaHue train till it falls off the rails All right. kind of thing. I like it. But um, I wouldn't be mad if Matt Steffen, like if you, if they flopped out on my team, if I couldn't take LaHue. I'd be just as okay with having Matt Stefan on my team. Okay. I uh, I like it. I think Mark Daniels Jr. is a great guy to own in this tournament. Like, he seems to really mm-hmm. – he seems to do pretty well down in Florida. He's, you know, got it. He says it's like the Delta. He likes fishing the Delta, so it's a good place to be with him. I think that's a – I think he's a good Heck buy. Yeah. I think 25 bucks is good. Not many people are picking JT Kenny, or at least not many pundits. Probably means – because not many of us picked him last year at Toho. Probably means he's gonna win. So I would say yep. that'd be a good that'd be a good guy to own. Um what do you think about Jason Lambert? The guy is like twenty two bucks. He just won there. Is this yep. a situation where we should all have Lambert on our teams? Uh that that's a very good question because I, I thought about that for a while yesterday, and I, I got to be honest. When normally when I pick my my fantasy teams, uh, I I usually don't put that much thought into it. It's usually just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this kind of makes sense. This makes sense. But I thought about the Lambert thing for a while, and um, I went two different ways with it. I went uh, way number one. Lambert, yes, loves you know fishing grass and. Um, you know, I think it's cool that he won the series event to kind of help show that, you know, he's not a one-trick pony in fishing, you know, Tennessee River ledges, right? Uh, but at the same token, the lake was real weird. I mean, every local in it was like this. I, I can't even tell you what's happening. Like, I have no idea why they're not biting. Like, everyone thought it was going to be this huge shootout on the final day with, like, huge bags. That didn't happen. Brandon McMillan showed up to the weigh-in. And was like, dude, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I took that into note, um, thinking that, you know, Lambert did good. I just, I haven't seen it from him consistently, you know, from the tour side of things. So that's kind of why I've just built my team around guys that I had a lot more confidence in, you know, being able to replicate success. Now, Lambert will probably go out and make a top 10 or something like that in the tour. So I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, I just went the way of guys that I feel like have been there, you know, fished several events and kind of proven themselves, you know, on that lake, which can be a fickle beast and can change from week to week. Um, so these guys year in and year out have kind of shown they're able to adapt and still have strong finishes, if that makes sense. All right. I think probably that answer will work the same for this next guy, but Jimmy Brewer, He's got a 172nd finish at Lake Mm -hmm. Okeechobee and a 7th place finish at Lake Okeechobee just in this most recent 
uh, Costa FLW Series event. He's yep. only six bucks. What's your opinion on him? Is this a guy who, like, maybe is he a risk worth taking? Because I don't think you could say he's anything but a risk, but he's a really cheap risk. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I do think it's it's a a good risk worth taking. And I got to be honest, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of uh, forgot about him when I was putting my team together. Uh, I actually thought he was higher than that. Um because I wasn't really paying attention to the yeah. list when I was going down. I, uh, now I feel like I should change my team because I do have a dollar left. I only spent $199. Maybe you should drop Setzer or you should drop That's Setzer what I'm thinking. and pick up Brewer. And but see for those happens. that are listening to this and they want to know why I want to do that, um, you're right. He had a really bad finish, a really good finish, but he told me in this tournament that a number one, he's been he's been down there for like a couple weeks, and I think he's gonna stay down there and fish. You know the surrounding lakes. There's all kinds of you know Istapoga and Stick Marsh and yeah, uh, all these other cool little lakes you can go fish. So he's kind of got it figured out. And the one cool thing he told me is that the first year he was down here, down to Okeechobee, when he got that hundred and whatever finish, uh, he found one area stuck with it and that was it you know he lived and died by that spot and it bit him in the butt yeah this time around it did <laughs> yeah this time around he learned that you gotta have multiple areas to run to and i think that mindset um you could definitely win in certain areas given the right circumstances but i think to have just a decent average finish or even you know maybe make the top 20 cut being able to say you know what uh this area is blown out. The water doesn't look right. Let me run over here where I know the water is probably going to be okay. I can still catch, you know, 15 pounds or something like that uh, is a pretty big asset to have in this tournament. So for six bucks, get you some Jimmy Brewer. Sorry, Braxton. I think I'm going to cut you, but still love you. And I'll get me some Brewer on my team. All right. Good deal. I think that's probably all of the interesting observations that I have on this one. Um, mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think. We also, we mentioned a lot of people are picking Todd on, and we think that's a pretty good pick, um, especially if the chat oh, yeah, bite yeah. stays strong. Uh, is there anything? I think, I really do think that the, the dual Scott Martin and Brandon McMillan pick is one of the best, most consistent choices you're going to get of like overloading your top team your team all year until you get to like lambert slash haynes slash reddington at kentucky lake like right. i don't know that you're going to get a better just go out spend your money and it's going to pay off situation but mm -hmm. that's just my thought on it um yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting one to pick for sure um, Definitely. One reminder while we're on fantasy fishing, uh, we do have a podcast league. Kyle didn't join it last year, so we hate him forever. Um, but you should all join it. Uh, I, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we failed to communicate probably. But you guys, you yeah, should join it. Um, the uh, league name is a plaid rapwood rock. Um, it's got the FLW podcast logo as a league logo. And the league ID is 17983 password fishing all lowercase um 
And I'll put that in the description of the podcast, and we'll also put it up on the web article so that you guys can go find that if you need to. Um, so you can join that. Uh, if you win it, we'll have you on the show probably. So you got that going for you. Um, and come along, play. You can make some money maybe. Definitely have some fun. Hey, I'm totally joined in that league. I there think. you go. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm in I'm in there. I actually did pretty good last year, but, like, we had some studs in our league. Um, it was impressive. So, I'm looking forward cool. to it. It I'm should be a fun time. I'm excited to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. 2015, I can... I think we can look up standings here. Uh, Stanley Socha Jr. won overall, but he didn't... He wasn't... I don't think he was our... Maybe we had him on. But anyhow, he was our overall winner. He did a very good job, and we were super competitive. I mean, I did terrible in the last tournament, so I finished like 27th. And, I mean, we had we had a bunch of studs, so that was cool. Yeah, the points are actually pretty stacked, I got to say. Yeah, I mean, I would say like we had probably, probably at least 50 people, 60, 70 people who played like the whole way. And, you know. Cool. We did pretty good, so it's fun. Play along. We'll uh, we'll go out there and see what happens. All right, so on to some specific news. Uh, this weekend we've got, or we had, two BFLs coming up. Now we only have one. The Choo Choo Division event on Gunnersville this Saturday was postponed due to, due to incoming weather, essentially. And if you look at the forecast now, it really doesn't look terrible, but if you looked at it yesterday, it probably looked a lot worse, and it seems like we're sitting on the edge of, you know, what could be uh, potentially really bad weather, maybe okay weather. One thing to keep in mind is we've got to drive from Benton to Gunnersville to run the tournament, and usually the guys will drive out there Thursday or either either Thursday or Friday. Here in Benton, we're supposed to have really bad weather both of those days, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's like a super, from what I've seen, based on online reaction, some people are like, yeah, great move. Some people are like, you know, maybe not the best move. Either way, it's the safe move. So, yep. you know, it'll get rescheduled eventually. It'll be great because it's going to be on Gunnersville, and you'll have a lot of fun whenever it gets rescheduled. Um, That's right. And then coming up this weekend, the Cowboy Division of the BFLs, kicks off at Toledo Bend should be Giants uh Steven Johnston right or is it Steven Johnson 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 he caught like a 12 pounder there I think this last week so Toledo Bend should be pretty fun I wish I was fishing that tournament sweet um, and I guess that's about it for actual uh, news and things that are happening. Does that seem like the uh, seem like the deal, man? Seems like the deal to me. All right. Uh, next week we are not. We will have a podcast for you for sure because we got to get ready for the tour. Um, mm-hmm. I won't be on it. I'm going down to Florida to fish. Should be fun. Um, but Kyle, you'll definitely be there. Maybe we'll have Joe. Maybe we'll have Jesse. We'll uh, we'll make something happen. Um, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have someone fill in for you for sure. I'll find someone to interview. It'll be good. You guys will know yeah. it. I know it. Um, we'll crush it for sure. Uh, 
as far as following us and following FLW, I am at Jody Blanco on Instagram and Twitter. Kyle, you're at Kyle Lumber on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. FLW, FLW Fishing on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, FLWFishing.com, awesome place to be. FLW Official on Snapchat. Uh, it got rave reviews from people who follow us at the Okeechobee event. I'm sure when this upcoming tour event happens, it'll be even better. Uh, oh, we yeah. We have a lot of fun periscopy things, I think, cooked up for the tour event. So that should be an interesting, I would say a pretty cool thing to do. Um, we can email. We got an email, right? We do have an email. If you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, uh, maybe you want to send me a picture of some big northerns you've caught. Because uh, I'm definitely probably going to post a few this weekend. Hopefully. Maybe. But either way, hit us up at podcast at flwfishing.com. And uh, Jody and I will, uh, you know, see what you got to say. Yeah, I mean, I read every email we get. Um, we don't get, like, thousands of emails, so it's not really a huge task. Don't worry about sending more. I can read them. I'm good at reading. It's one of my major skills. Yeah, I, I love reading them. Yeah, don't, don't think we're, like, swamped with emails. So if you want to <laughs> hit us up, it's probably, I mean, it's getting read. That's for sure. Yeah, for for sure. Unless maybe we get it like during a tournament day when we're on the water, and then uh, then it might then it might, it be, might slip yeah, through the cracks. Held off for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, get in touch, um, Kyle. It's been a pleasure. Next time I talk, well, I'm sure not the next time I talk to you, but I definitely the next time I podcast with you, we will both be in Cluiston, in the sun, the warmth, basking in Florida. We'll maybe go eat at that good Cuban place or like yeah. go get some steaks at the Elks Lodge, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be sweet. Have fun down in Florida, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll have you on for a little guest interview or something. Hey, I mean, I guess if you need me, I can make myself available. i got a phone, <laughs> so we'll make it happen. Yeah, dude. Well, have fun. <laughs> I will. Thanks, man. All right, everyone. See you. <laughs>